Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, cross-stitch, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 94. Hello friends, how are you? Look at me, I'm back two weeks after my last podcast, so I'm hoping to stay on my every two week schedule that I had so firmly entrenched at one point and lost along the way. So I'm glad to be back here on a wonderfully overcast Sunday morning. Um, Getting a little bit of overcast weather is as close to fall as we're going to get. So it's been, um, it's been beautiful. I think we had a high of 70 yesterday. I'm wearing like joggers, like sweatpants today, which are nice and cozy. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm loving this. However, when I was uh, doing our menu plan it, it lo- for the week, it looks like it's going to be back into the mid 80s <laughs> next week. So we're not quite to soup weather, uh, but my husband and I were talking yesterday about um, how we really want to dig into soups this fall and winter. And um, I mean, we, we always do soup and I kind of do a once a week soup. That's kind of been an established pattern, but maybe we'll do twice a week. But most importantly, um, I want to find some new soup recipes instead of like my half dozen tried and true. I'm going to try some new ones. So if you have any, let me know. So I hope that you have a nice cozy drink with you today. I am drinking this wonderful cup of tea. Um, it is by Fortnum and Mason, which is a like a department store in England, and it is elderflower, strawberry, and rose. And they come in what says silky infusion bags. They it's wonderful. My um, wonderful friend Pam brought this back um, with her when she um, she's she's uh, British and she was back there and she brought me this wonderful tea and um, I am loving it so thank you thank you much very much Pam I hope that uh, you guys have something fun to drink whether it's uh, a warm or a cold thing well we are where are we Uh, kind of smack mid-October here and I am sort of beginning to uh, sink back into my routine um, my very established routine of, of just how my days go and it, that has taken me a long time to get to just because of a lot of the traveling um, that, that I've been doing the last, uh, like in, basically in September. And then I'm just trying to figure out which way is up here in October. Um, we did have two guests this week, um, just someone, uh, one of my friends slash clients for dinner. And then my dad was just here for a few days. He just left this morning. And so, of course, that always throws off the routine, but in a good way. You know, we made some good meals and some good desserts and drink a lot of good wine so I'm not complaining but I am ready as we head into uh, the the rest of this month to kind of get back to my abstentious ways and uh, find my uh, healthy eating less carbs more vegetables uh, less wine kind of find my my footing back there again and I I I think I'm ready (laughs) as a matter of fact um, we talk about routine my friend Francis and I over on the um, Empty Nest Chronicles blog. I think I talked about that last podcast um, that um, Frances uh, Dow over at the Off Kilter Quilt, um, she and I have launched a blog about just the things that we like to talk about with each other um, about, you know, it's it's more than just being an empty nest because, um, you know, she actually doesn't quite have an empty nest yet, you know, and the almost empty nest. Um, but it's really uh, about things, um, just midlife, you know, uh, things that, that concern women of, of this age as our children are leaving and we are reclaiming rooms of the house and um, trying to figure out new uh, routines for hair and makeup and, you know, wardrobes and things like that. So I'll put a link in the show notes um, if you want to pop over there. Um, we're blogging, um, a new blog releases every Friday. So we've got a few under our belt there if you want to go check that out. Um, so here we are, mid-Halloween, and have you done any, like, Halloween decorating? I am really learning. I've, I spend some time on YouTube, and man, people love to decorate for Halloween. Halloween is not my favorite holiday, and it's not that I have any, you know, real issues with it, you know, like it's evil or anything. It just doesn't appeal to me, and it may have been. Um, when I was in high school, I worked at a costume shop for two Halloween seasons, and by the time we got to Halloween, I wanted nothing to do with it. So now that um, the kids are not here, I mean, I, I had this little tub, just, you know, pretty modest of, of Halloween 
uh, decorations. You know, we do the spider webs by the, the front door and we had a spider and a pumpkin and some lights and, you know, things like that. Um, and a little thing we'd hang on the door that says trick or treat. And I have pulled none of that out, nor do I think I'm going to. And I, I even, I was going to buy a big pumpkin at Trader Joe's the other day, kind of those like big, weird looking ones. Um, but I don't know. I couldn't make myself self do it for some reason. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not into it. I do have some, I bought some of the smaller ones and they're in like a centerpiece on the kitchen table. So that is the one thing um, I have for um, Halloween or fall. Um, I did switch out my pillow covers for plaid um, on the, my throw pillow covers, which is my other nod. And I'm kind of uh, draping more quilts over um, the couch arm and, you know, stacking them on the bench and things like that. Because in the spring and summer, I realized I really want things to be kind of minimal and light and airy and open. And then, of course, in fall and then winter, you know, I feel like I want a few more things and um, for it to be a little cozier. So, um, yeah, but that's really, that's really it. So I'm kind of curious if you guys do much Halloween decorating or, or fall decorating. I know, I mean, I'm also not one to, to really pull out a bunch of, you know, fall stuff either. So I don't know. I'd, I'd like to change things up. We talked about that last uh, episode about d different ways of preparing your home for the coming season that doesn't involve pulling out bins and that if, if that's your thing if your you know joy is to really deck out your house for fall more power to you I mean it, it's I'm, I'm glad that we there's room for all of us here <laughs> and I get inspired by looking at that but I need to do it on a on a lower on a lower level um, the only other thing really going on around here is, um, I don't, again, I never remember what I talk about from episode to episode, but, you know, one of my goals for this year was to renovate our bathroom, and we have done that, but I have, like, the last 10% is not done, um, which is just the final, like, some decor items, including putting up some shelves and things like that, and I think my husband and I are going to tackle that today, which is good because I'm going to be recording an episode over on the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast, which I highly recommend. She's uh, a quilter. She's been making clothes lately, I've been seeing on Instagram. So she's an accomplished um, sewist and um, also an amazing interior decorating who just knows what to do and I leaned on her heavily for her opinion and getting me the right sending me the right direction on so many things um, during this uh, renovation so we will talk about that plus some some other you know sew sewing and quilting related um, things over on her podcast I don't know when that will air but it is uh, giving me the kick in the pants I need to, to finish up the bathroom so I'm part of the reason that I'm not finishing is because I'm nervous that what I have picked out is not going to work um, and that is the bottom line is that I, I, I oh, this interior decorating stuff it does not come naturally to me and I'm just a little bit nervous about things so um, hopefully I can just get over it and we'll, we'll be finishing that up today. Before I head into the quilting segment I have a question for you guys. I was going to say, ask this at the end, but I, I suspect not everybody gets all the way to the end, so I'm going to ask it here. So I have, you know, so ever since I discovered cross stitch, I have been looking at various um, floss tube channels, and I particularly like the ones where people cross stitch and quilt, obviously, for obvious reasons. And it is such an appealing visual format where they are just holding things up and going, you know, this is the quilt block I made. This is the cross stitch I'm working on. And here's, here's the book or whatever. And um, it has got me thinking about um, whether or not it would be uh, uh, worth the effort, honestly, for me to do a YouTube version of this podcast. So what I am envisioning is kind of the way that um, uh, Sherry over at A Quilting Life, Sherry and Chelsea, they record they do a video recording um and then that is released as an audio podcast as well so it's kind of the the best of both worlds i'm worried about how that all works with the editing um but anyways i'm just curious if um that would be something that you guys would like if you would like to you know to see the things now i do do show notes and i i'm not perfect about it but i do like you know if i'm talking about a, a quilt that i'm working on i like to include a picture so you know that there is a way to always go over and, and look at those things or click the link you know to go over to look at a quilt pattern on fat quarter shop or wherever that i'm talking about so um, I might put a, a little poll in the um, Simple Handmade Everyday um, Facebook group to kind of see um, if that is something, you know, like 
some people just you know listen to these things when they are on a walk or driving so you're you know I guess you would still have that um, but uh, you know so some people have no interest in the video aspect and some people have really no interest in just the audio aspect so um, pop over on the show notes and let me uh, know what you think about that or you can contact me you can email me you could dm me on instagram whatever yeah, there's lots of ways to get a hold of me um, but I'm just kind of feeling that idea out now from my perspective it's, it's harder because I need a, uh, a spot to, to do with. It's a nice background. I need lighting, which I actually have, um, but I would just have to get it set up and then I have to do my hair and makeup. <laughs> so anyways, let me know what you think. Before we head into quilting, I'd like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for their generosity in sponsoring the podcast. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. And we know that they do an amazing number of quilt-alongs and stitch-alongs. So they are just such a, a great place for inspiration to keep you on track and, um, you know, being reinvigorated in your crafty life here. So um, there is an upcoming sew-along uh, uh, quilt along rather for scrappiness is happiness which is a new book by Lori Holt and um, the the quilt pulls blocks from throughout this amazing book um, to create a wonderful sampler quilt so it's got the, the book has 32 scrappy quilts and um, they you know everything from these adorable um, you know sort of novelty things like apples and and pumpkins and um, bees and things like that to you know more um, normal uh, traditional quilt blocks so it's going to be an adorable sampler I highly recommend the book the quilt along starts um, on Halloween on October 31st you've got plenty of time to go grab the book and start pulling from your stash it's it's a scrappy she's all about the scraps so um, and even Kimberly over in the Fat Quarter Shop is kind of all about use what you have, use the investment that you've made. So I encourage you to do that. As always, there will be a link in the show notes. All right, let's talk some quilting. Um, I'm always a little nervous about this segment right now because I just have not been doing as much quilting as I once did. But here's what I've realized is I am loving handwork. Now, I mean, I have, I, I love hand piecing. I've got, if, if you're new here, I have multiple, um, videos on my YouTube channel about how to hand piece. Um, Patty Dudick from Elm Street Quilts and I have done three hand piece quilt along so it's well established that I, I love to do some hand piecing and I kept thinking well I watched a trunk show um, from on the Fat Quarter Shop by Camille Ross Kelly so she is Camille of Bonnie and Camille you might know her as Thimble Blossoms when I first came to quilting she it was, it was really because of her that I really fell in love with a lot of the new fabrics and patterns I bought her books I just I loved everything about um, Bonnie and Camille and um, I think over time I kind of got over it because I kind of felt like the the fabric lines um, you know they just they seemed like very similar now, in some ways, that was wonderful because they all played together very nicely. But I, at some point, I was kind of had enough. Well, she's just on her own now. Her mother retired. And I think, you know, she's kind of branching out and doing some new things. But um, I pulled out this unfinished quilt. I have this whip. And I'm seeing that um, the copyright on it is 2017. Um, and it is the uh, Make-A-Wish um, quilt along, charity quilt along that they did in 2017. So I probably started it in February. So it, it's almost six years ago. <laughs> and the thing about this quilt is the blocks were five inches. And I knew I had just discovered hand piecing and I was looking for a project to do. Um, and this seemed so perfect because, you know, smaller blocks are sometimes harder to do by machine. So these are five inch blocks and they're pretty, you know, heavily pieced. And there are, I think it's 72 blocks in this quilt. I, I, I think there were, you know, say that, let's just say there were, I'm going to make this up 12 blocks and then you'd have to make uh this is not the right number obviously but like you'd make four or maybe you'd make six of those blocks you know um so it was just like a scrappy sampler i'm using all bonnie and camille fabrics and i have i finished those blocks i finished those blocks i don't know within a year which you know it's no small feat what i haven't done is sew the sashing i've even cut all the sashing not all the sashing the short sashing that goes between the blocks not ones that would go between the rows and I'm worried about that because I'm not a hundred percent sure what white I used oh back then 
I heavily used Kona Snow, and so I'm hoping that's it. I'm going to have to go to a local quilt shop and figure this out, but that really bums me out that I didn't set aside that background fabric, although I might have because I have the backing. I bought the backing fabric, and it's not in here, so maybe I put background with that. <gasps> that would be nice. Anyways, so what I'm thinking about doing is and what stopped me here is that it's 72, 72 blocks so I'm going to need to lay the whole thing out and take a picture of it and does it say I'm sorry for the crinkles um, so the finished size is 58 by 64 which is 58 is bigger than the width of my design board which is only 48 inches so it's just going to be hard to lay it out and not get things mixed up but I think I'm going to take this step and I'm going to lay it out um, take a picture of it and then I don't know just you know uh, put it together in rows you know and clip those rows together because you know sewing sashing on um, in hand, from a hand piecing perspective is so easy <laughs> you don't even have to mark the seam because I'm always going to sew when I hand piece I always sew in the more complicated side of the block the one with more seams so that I can finagle going through them um, and so I don't even have to mark the sashing on the other side because it's just a straight piece of fabric. So, um, yeah, so I'm thinking about that. And another kind of tip that I've picked up, um, and this is just true when you kind of experiment with other hobbies, you just learn things and you um, kind of figure out different ways of, of incorporating into your life. But so I've watched a lot of floss tubes. And in addition to realizing how wonderful that visual format is, um, a lot of these floss tubers... Um, they have a gazillion projects going at a time, you know, like, oh, look, I'm, oh, I'm going to show you all my whips. Oh gosh, there was only 12. Like I thought there were more, <laughs> which I, I can't do that. Um, I'm not a perfectly like monogamous um, quilter or stitcher, but I can't have 12 projects going. But I do like that a lot of um, how people kind of deal with having so many um, works in progress and staying invigorated for each one is to kind of set aside days of the week to do certain things so I was thinking oh maybe I should um you know like I can cross stitch on Mondays um hand piece on Tuesdays um I, I have some knitting that I want to get back to it'll talk about and maybe knit on Thursday Wednesdays or whatever and just kind of rotate through so that um because what I'm afraid of is I, is I get obsessed with one thing and I really start working on that and the the projects you know fall to the wayside and you don't get back to them for years and then you're like I don't like this anymore and I don't want to do that I want to work on the things while I still love them and I think I will continue to love them when they're done it's just those things that uh, you don't want to you know you fall out of love with a few years later if you've never finished so I'm going to play around with that idea so I'm curious of those of you who who are are multi-craftal <laughs> is that a word um do you do that? Do you rotate through? Because like right now, I think it's well established. I got a little obsessed with cross stitching, um, and I stopped sewing. So, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to do that because I do love quilting, and I want to kind of figure out a way to work that back in, even if it is um, more. And, and maybe I set aside a day for hand hand quilting or you know hand piecing and a day for um, machine quilting you know and so every week I'm, I'm moving forward on multiple projects I, I think that might be something I'm I'm willing to try I'm not sure if that's going to fit my personality or not um yeah so that's kind of where I am for my uh the quilting things one thing I wanted to mention to you as we are heading into Christmas which we'll also talk about a little bit more at the end of the podcast if you want to get inspired well even for fall um but especially thinking forward for Christmas I, I'm going to include a link in the show notes for an email series by Sherry McConnell from A Quilting Life now uh, I've talked about Sherry before she oh my goodness she blogs with great regularity <laughs> <laughs> like every day I think I mean it's amazing and she has such great content she's a fabric designer for Moda Sherry and Chelsea that's with her daughter which I think is so amazing they have a podcast she writes books she makes patterns um, and she also we, we have a lot of common interests just in things like um, we have very similar taste for home decor um, 
and we you know from an organizational productivity standpoint you know we have some overlap you know she kind of um, got into the Sunday basket in the Silk and Saunders journal so we just we have just so many crossovers so she's amazing so um, I saw that she had this um, it's a blog series and oh forgive me Sherry for not remembering what it is you know it's uh, like 10 to 14 days um, of where you sign up for it and then you get an email and she talks about all kinds of um, things that are going to help you get um, inspired and prepared for the holidays. Um, she does a home tour of, of, of Christmas decorations. She One day you get an email all about tree skirts, another, I'm sorry if this is too much of a spoiler, but Christmas stockings and ornaments, like all kinds of things. Um, and she's got so much content on her blog that she can give you lots of examples of um, patterns and things to kind of get you inspired for whatever is striking you this year. You're obviously not going to do it all, but maybe this is the year that you want to make stockings for your kids or you desperately need a new uh, tree skirt or whatever. So anyways, I'll put a link in the show notes and um, and you should definitely check that out. I have enjoyed getting those each day. And then, you know, you should just be checking out her blog as, as she's pulling out her fall quilts and, and her fall makes and things like that. You will absolutely be inspired. Oh, you know, I do have more things to talk about quilting related. Fat Quarter Shop um, is very generous and sends me some samples of the things that are coming into their shop. And um, it's, it's a very fun part of what I do here. And I want to talk to you about um, a new book from It's So Emma, which is the Fat Quarter Shop publishing arm. And it's called Simply Half Yard Quilts. And I thought this was a great idea because, you know, there are lots of patterns out there for charm packs and jelly rolls, but not a lot for, you know, getting some some half yards, which is a, a cut that you can really do some bigger blocks with, which I, I think is kind of fun. So this is, it's a it's a beautiful book. It's spiral bound, um, but the, the pages are nice and thick, so you don't have to worry about it ripping out. I love a spiral bound quilt uh, book because it stays open when you're trying to use it. Um, the quilts in this book, and of course the photography is gorgeous, and if you've never um, done an It's So Emma pattern, they write brilliant patterns, and they're so clear, so easy to use, so they're just really well done with lots of, of graphics. So this book is broken down into three, no, four, sorry, types of quilts. You have one block quilts, um, just add sashing quilts, multiple block quilts, and one big block quilts. So I went through this book um, and I have picked out my favorites from each of these categories. And so for the one block quilt, which is, you know, exactly what it sounds like, it's one block um, just over and over. And all of these quilts in this book are perfect for when a new fabric line comes out and you have fallen in love and maybe you can't, uh, you know, afford a fat quarter bundle or you don't like every fabric in the line, but you do love the line, you can go in and you can pick out your favorite six um, you know, six prints or something and, um, and make a quilt like that, which I, you know, I really like that style of quilt where, you know, each block is just made from like a, a background and one fabric. It's a great way to show off a line that you really love. Sherry McConnell ex just excels at those types of quilts and her daughter Chelsea too. So in the, for the one block quilt, um, and the one block quilts are just one block, you know, no sash in between them, just they run right together. There's this one called the Mirage Quilt, and what's very cool about that, and, and they're big blocks, so you can, I see the, the sample they've done here are some bigger florals, in which, you know, don't work for every type of quilt, you know, right? Because we're cutting those fabrics too small, but this gives you a chance to um, use some of those bigger prints. And it's just one simple block um, made of half square triangles, Ugh, the mighty half square triangles. It is just the most utilitarian block ever, you know, just depending on which way you turn them, they make a multitude of shapes. So this is um, one, just one block made of different half square triangles, and then it's just oriented different ways in the quilt, and it all goes together to make this brilliant uh, secondary X pattern. Um, I just, I love it. So that's the one block. It's the Mirage quilt. One block plus sashing is exactly what it sounds like. It's still the one block quilt, but you put some sashing around the blocks, give them a little space to breathe, and it creates a completely different look. So this one that I like is called the Legacy quilt. It's just a very large kind of uh, involved star block. Um, I'm looking at how it's put together. You know, it's like there's, you know, just uh, big patches, there's flying geese, and some half square triangles. That's it. 
um, but brilliantly put together. And the blocks, what's cool about this one is the blocks are big. The block, the finished size of the block is 24 inches. So it makes a, you know, a big quilt. I think, what does it say here? It's 84 and a half by 84 and a half. Um, the one thing, I wonder if it, could I do it? A lot of, some of, not all, but a lot of these quilts are square. I have mixed feelings about square quilts because we are tall people in our family. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get a, a quilt that's going to cover our toes, then it's, uh, it's very wide. That's my swoon quilt um, that I made years ago. Um, it's the same kind of thing as these nine very large blocks. And it just sits on our bed. We have a queen size bed and it doesn't tuck anywhere. It just can stay right on top as a, as a you know, a blanket layer. Um, but it's kind of unwieldy to use on the couch. But anyways, this legacy quilt and I could probably just do six blocks and it would be just tall, tall and skinny. <laughs> so that is blocks, um, one block plus sashing. The next category is multiple block quilts, which is exactly what you think it is. Um, but most of them, I think they just have two blocks. And my favorite one is called the reflection quilt. And I'll take some pictures of these and if I can, if I remember and put them in the show notes. Um, this is the, this particular one, the sample is red and white, which I've always wanted to make a red and white quilt. Well, I guess I have. My first quilt is French General. It's basically red and white. Anyways, it's a star um, quilt. And then it, it employs what I would say is the mo <laughs> the Bonnie Hunter method, where she often has a star block and then an, a secondary block that chains so that when you look at the full quilt, the secondary pattern um, emerges in, in those those other those the blocks that are not the stars that you know um, they, they kind of chain together and I love that look that's one of my favorite styles of a um, of a quilt the last one is the big block quilt and oh I forgot to mark there's so many it doesn't matter which ones I like because I like them all um, and that is the quilt is one big block so you're really using some big pieces here um, and they are mostly like stars that I want to say sort of are exploding out. And um, I would really like to make one of these. The Constellation um, quilt is one that I liked and also the Starburst. They are both, they're both great. Now, the thing with those is they also are so like 60 by 60, um, which is a, what I want to say is I think these would make a great modern baby quilt. Um, you know, because moms these days, they're, they're not so into the cutesy, right? So, and it would be so fun and quick to put these together. 60 by 60 is a little big for a baby quilt, but these, most of these quilts have borders on them. And so if they're, they don't have borders, they're more like in the 48 to 50 inch range. And I'm not really a border person anyways. Um, so that I think is actually a really nice size for a baby quilt. Oh yeah. I'm looking at this constellation quilt thinking I need to make that, um, Nobody I know. I'm on that no man's land of people are not having babies right now. My kids and their friends are not quite to baby making stage yet. <laughs> and, um, so yeah. So anyways, so and that that's um, the one the one big star quilts there at the last part of that book. They're all I think they look very modern, even though the star is kind of a traditional block. I feel like the the treatment of it being so huge is um, makes it very modern. So I'm totally loving that. Okay. The other thing that they have sent me, Fat Quarter Shop, um, are four quilt patterns. And, you know, it's funny. I was looking at them going, okay, I should give these away. There's just only so many quilts I can make, right? Um, and then every time I looked at them, I'm like, oh, no, I really like that. But I'm going to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I've got four quilts patterns. Um, I'm going to put them in pairs and do two giveaways. And so to enter the giveaway, I'll put it in my show notes. Just leave a comment um, whether you uh, want, um, let's see, what? how do I want to distinguish them? I'll just, you know, call them group one and two in the show notes so you'll know what to do. So the first, I want to talk about them and I'll put pictures in there. The first one's called Desert Daybreak. And this is really the one that I, when I saw they, they, on the, the front of these patterns, they kind of have a close-up and then they, you can see the full quilt. And the close-up, I'm like, oh, that's very cute. But when you see the whole quilt and you see these secondary patterns happening, I'm like, oh, that's kind of brilliant. Um, so um, that's Desert Daybreak. 
See, this is one of those times that I wish I could just show you. But let me tell you what, uh, how they describe Desert Daybreak. Create a new landscape with the Desert Daybreak quilt. Fanciful stars perch on this fun quilt setting to create even more brilliant secondary stars. And that is absolutely true. So the second one in this group is called Painted Meadow. And by the way, all of these patterns are by Crystal Stahl. And, and she just does a beautiful job. So for Painted Meadow... Um, it says strong stars glow with a colorful stained glass effect belying a fat eighth friendly design and that is all very true yeah the stained glass effect I see that and um, if you have fat eighths that's another way to get a um, an inexpensive way to experiment with a line that you've fallen in love with so that's group one group two is is the ivy and fern quilt pattern and um, this is very pretty because it's all done in um, grays and greens dark greens and, and medium greens and some lighter greens it's, it's very pretty I guess that's the fern aspect um, the ivy and fern quilt pattern is a peaceful quilt design that ebbs and flows with a sweet balance deceptively delicate blocks are a beautiful way to frame your favorite colors and prints and also all of these patterns have multiple sizes throw lap quin queen some of them have this one is has a crib size even for a baby quilt and the last one is called um, Marseille. And, um, oh, I don't have the description for Marseille. It is a, um, it's also a beautiful star design. It's a, it's a one block quilt with sashing. And it's very cute the way they, they've done it. It almost looks like there's little bow ties all over it in, in a very cute way. So that'll be group two, Marseille and Ivy and Fern. Let's move on to talking about some cross stitch. I am surrounded by my props here <laughs> so that I can talk about them. Um, so I participated in the Fat Quarter Shop Mystery Christmas Time um, Quilt Along, but I've talked about that before, and Stitch Along. And um, this was a, a very fun, cute stitch. It's on some um, kind of uh, burlapy looking uh, Ada cloth and a couple different colors of green, a couple different colors of red. It's very cute. It says Merry Little Christmas. Some people didn't like the word little and took that out and added a different, uh, just took the candy design and put it right there, which I thought was kind of smart because um, I wasn't sure what that word was for the longest time. But anyways, I, as a, a sort of new cross stitcher, I did not know how to finish this. So I've mentioned this before. I am not going to frame cross stitch and have it hanging around my house it's just like I, I don't think it's my my husband's that's not his aesthetic it's not really mine although it's making me want a sewing room because if I just really had a sewing room then yes I would definitely hang these these especially these kind of quilty um, themed cross stitches I would hang those suckers up all over a, a crafting studio but not really through the house so I was like what am I going to do with this um, I thought about that the shape of it is kind of circular and I thought I would just finish it in a hoop you know just I don't use a hoop when I embroider but that's one way that that people finish those and those are cute to it's lightweight it's inexpensive it's easy to pack away so I actually even bought a hoop it was a dollar ninety nine at Michael's and I, I didn't cut anything I just put it in there and looked at it and thought wow that is extraordinarily boring looking <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like okay that's I don't think that's gonna work I mean I'm not one to put big bows on things um so you know as a way to sort of jazz up the boring hoop so I decided to make it into a little pillow and this would be a pillow that I can just put um you know uh, on a on a table leaning against the wall or on a bookshelf or something like that and so I just pulled out all my reds and um so the back is a very cute print. I don't remember which fabric line, but it's from uh, Jera over at Quilting in the Rain. And it's this uh, very cute fleur-de-lis tiny print with these little gold dots. So that was, that was the perfect back. And um, I had learned also from, from watching some floss tubes that people do turn these things into pillows. It's not like that was an original thought, but they use, um, chenille trim. Now, again, I'm a little bit on the plainer side, but this chenille trim that I'm seeing, it's, um, you know, it has a diameter of, you know, I don't know, not uh, three eighths of an inch, like a little, maybe more than a quarter inch, but not a half inch. So it's small. Um, and so everybody seems to buy it from this one uh, lady online on Etsy called Lady.Creates. And so I got the darkest red that she had. I was still worried it was a little bit, 
bright, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So I just, you know, I sewed this into a pillow. Um, I put some interfacing um, on the back of the, the cross stitch project. And this created a whole new thing of, I need to redo my sewing room because I know, well, I did find my interfacing, but I knew I had polyfill and I know that I even have crushed walnuts to, to, for like pin cushions, but you can put them in pillows to give them just a little bit of weight. Um, and I do not know where those are. <laughs> So that was a bummer, but, um, so a little interfacing on the back of the thing of the cross stitch. Um, and just, I went an inch, I measured an inch and a half out on all four sides of the design. It's not perfectly square. Um, and I figured that that would give me a, a inch border. Cause you know, when the pillows get fat things, you know, you don't see what's underneath so much. So that gave me a good border so you could see everything once it was going to be fat and um you know just right size together sewed it together hand sto hand sewed the gap and then what you do with chenille trim and i was very glad to uh, see a tutorial by nicole spore when she finished an autumn pillow um this chenille trim because it's it's just it's like think of a a pipe cleaner in a way that um doesn't have a a metal uh spine but it's you know it's it has a thread spine or something so it's floppy so i'm like how do you even sew this in like how do you even catch it well you you sew it on by hand afterwards with a whip stitch um and that was quite fiddly <laughs> and so and but it creates kind of a cool look because you've got thread you know kind of going over the top I, so i did find a, th a red thread that matched pretty well and then if you just kind of fluff it up you you can't see that it, that's how it was sewn on but it, it looks quite nice so anyways i was pleased as punch with how this came out because i spent so long like what am i going to do with this i don't know what to do with this so um that's my first little christmas finish and i love it i love it and um the fat quarter shop gave me some very nice love about it too and reposted it on their the fat quarter shop uh, fat quarter shop crusted channel reposted it on their channel and that was fun to see the other thing i'm working on is still the flea market flowers pattern by Lori holtz it's a big stitch and again not sure what i'm going to do with that one when we're done but it it meets my criteria of not being overly cutesy it's more a scandinavian style and um, i would maybe frame that and put it in a sewing room but you do have to be careful because framing these things are expensive but you know i mean i'll send a quilt out for long arm quilting and that's expensive but yeah i don't know i'm coming to terms with the cost of all this so um, i am enjoying that um, i worked on it this morning and then realized that i was off a square i'm gonna have to do some ripping out so that will be my afternoon activity um, the other pattern that has recently come out, and if you are in the cross-stitch world at all, as it relates to Fat Quarter Shop especially, you will know that everybody is stitching this pattern called Autumn Love. And it's also by Lori Holt. Um, Kimberly over at Fat Quarter Shop definitely loves um, Lori Holt designs, as, as do I. Even though they tend a little on the cutesy side, they're also kind of on the quilty side, which I do like. So this is a large um, project. If you did it on just 14 count Ada it's it's basically 13 and a half by 15 and a half inches so I love it I mean it's very cute I'm not probably going to stitch it like this I also do not like it's kind of got, it's got some cutesy letters where it says autumn I'm like nah, that's not really me so what I think I'm going to do so it's a center motif of a house and then there's lots of small motifs mostly square some rectangular around the side some are quilt blocks um, there's this very cute one that's um, like a pumpkin. Actually, it's a lot of quilt blocks, a lot of Lori Holt style quilt blocks. And they are, I counted them, they are 35 stitches by 35 stitches. And what I have come across, and I think I'm going to try, is stitching them as individual little things. And they're called smalls, just a little small thing, and doing little pillow finishes, making them tiny little pillows. And you can get, um, you know, like a bowl. Uh, there's some very cute, like kind of wooden bowls at like TJ Maxx. And you can just throw them all in there, you know, and it's just there for me, I'm about the process of it. They're fun to make and then you can just display them. And so I could, that is a way for me to do a little bit of seasonal stitching. These are all, you know, with the color wise, they're very, you know, autumn inspired. Um, but you can also do the same thing at, at Christmas. And it's also the perfect way, uh, thing to do, I think, with the Lori Holt stitch cards which um, I got another one of those, and those are super cute. They have them packaged up like they're little postcards, but these are um, 34 inch, they're not 
inch 34 stitch squares um, and I'm currently working on one um, that I lost track on because I started doing the flea market flowers but that you know has a teapot and a teacup and strawberries the ones that came out this month um, set n it's like a gnome and a mushroom and um, a flower and a snail I will never do the snail but I probably do the other three and yeah I mean it's like one of those things where you can just like probably sit down in an evening or two and knock one of these out and um, yeah and I'm like they're super cute but what am I going to do with them I'll just make them into these tiny little pillows that you know people can play with <laughs> that'll be on a shelf so uh, that is part of how I'm reconciling the time I'm spending stitching of how to finish things um, and the last um, thing that they sent, uh, last episode I talked about the typeface series, which has, it's a Christmas series, it has half of a face, that one was Santa, half his face, and then on the other side, different names um, for Santa in different styles of type. Well, now the Frosty one came out, so it's half of a snowman, and then it says Frosty the Snowman, Jack Frost, jolly happy soul so it's it's very cute um i will probably give away these um there's a rudolph one too that i don't have um but I'll, as we get closer to christmas i think i'm going to give those away because they are super cute but i don't think that i will ever get around to stitching those so i would like to share those so that will be a future giveaway okay i actually do want to talk a little bit about some knitting because i would like to get back to my elementary shawl you may remember the summer of 2021 my friend Francis and I started knitting this uh, the elementary shawl it is a free pattern from Pearl Soho and um, man I had a hard time deciding on the color but I'm using this beautiful uh, linen um, yarn from them as well and I mine is like a, a kind of a dusty pink and it's a it's a very easy knit it is um, it is just straight um, it's stockinette so it's all knitting on one side and purling back and it's like over 100 stitches each way I really got so much better at my purl stitch because you have to do it so often at first I was like I don't know if I could stand purling that much but it really helped also I made several mistakes early on that I had to rip back and fix and now I'm going to knock on wood here that um I, I feel like I became a better knitter just by the sheer volume of knitting and I just stopped making mistakes where I would drop stitches or you know just like the little types of technical mistakes that you can make um, and so I'd like to get back to that uh, I again will probably not finish it the easier I think it's about half done I should have started it back in the in the um, summer except for the fact that it's getting big and that makes you hot when you knit so I know a number of you also cast on the elementary shawl and I'm curious if anybody finished it <laughs> Francis and I have not finished ours but I, but I want to get back to knitting that and I also um, when I kind of got into to knitting you rediscovered knitting as I do every so often I started knitting these um, chemo hats for knots of love for charity and I have finished two and I almost done with the third one my daughter has crocheted one and I've decided that I would like to finish up that one and the next time I see my daughter tell her bring that one and I will mail those in I would just be nice to to get those mailed over to the charity before um, Christmas and again that's called knots of love and it's it's a great uh, it's, it's a great program I'll put a link in the show notes um, but they have all these free patterns so it's, it's a great way to, uh, you know, for me, I love to knit, but I live in Southern California and we just don't need that many knitted things. And so this is a way to scratch that itch and do some good at the same time. And now that I am thinking about kind of rotating through my various crafts during the week, um, I'm excited to be able to get back to that. Wow, I thought this was going to be a short episode because I didn't do that much, but apparently I can talk a lot about nothing <laughs> so let's get on to books I am almost done so I do feel I can unreservedly recommend it I'm almost done with State of Wonder by Ann Patchett I've been on a little bit of an Ann Patchett tear and I think that's going to continue to be honest with you State of Wonder um, well first of all let me just tell you a little story about this that maybe you've heard before in the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert she talks a lot about creativity and inspiration and things like that so she's a writer you probably sure you know she wrote eat pray love um, 
So she was saying, is her feeling that inspiration kind of visits you, gives you ideas, and um, if you do not take inspiration up on it, it will move that idea to somebody else. So she had this book for years. Uh, she wanted, the, she had this idea for a book uh, that was set in the Amazon. And I don't remember exactly what else it was, but it was, a, it was a book set in the Amazon. And she kept thinking, oh, that would be a great idea. And like, I don't know, some number of years, like 10 years goes by and she has not written this book. And then she's having dinner with Ann Patchett. And Ann Patchett says, let me tell you the story. Uh, I mean, like, let me tell you about the book I'm working on. It's set in the Amazon, <laughs> you know, and she goes on to tell her. And they are not exactly the same book or anything, but, you know, there are definitely um, similarities. And um, Elizabeth Gilbert just felt like, okay, like I did not take inspiration up. Inspiration sort of being a being here up on this idea and, and and it was moved on to Ann Patchett who has then executed it beautifully. And I just, I love that, that idea. So State of Wonder is a... Um, story about a woman who is a, um, a doctor and a researcher and she goes to the Amazon to find out what happened to um, a co-worker who went down there to check on the progress of um, some drug research that was happening down there, um, some uh, fertility drug research. And, um, and then, you know, they get the letter that he's dead and it's, it's in the middle of the jungle and um, the details are sketchy. So she is asked to go get more, not only find out what happened to him and then really find out what's happening with this drug because the communication is, is, has not been good. And so she very reluctantly does this. And, um, and then she gets down there and, you know, of course, just like everything is going wrong. She's, she doesn't speak the language. Uh, they lose her luggage and everything. And, um, I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like, I, I always say that Ann Patchett writes quiet books. They're not particularly plot driven. Her writing her is so beautiful. I'm like, just, it takes my breath away sometimes. Um, but this book, it has got some, it, it builds, it's got some twists in terms of just when you kind of think, you know, it's going to pan out then something else happens. I still actually have, um, I'm actually doing it as an audiobook, and I can highly recommend it. It's a great reader and I, I have like 30 minutes left. So I, I mean, I have absolutely loved it. So I'm going to be looking for another Ann Patchett book, which also makes me feel better about myself because she is a good, serious writer. So it is the, it is the antidote to my cross-stitching mysteries. <laughs> which is what I've been reading lately. Um, so that is, um, before I talk about that, um, one of you wonderful readers, and I never remember to bring this up before I sit down, um, mentioned that Ann Patchett wrote, apparently during lockdown, a book of essays called These Precious Days. And I looked it up on Amazon. It's got an amazing review. So I'm definitely going to be reading that. But I think I'm just going to make a checklist and work my way through all the Ann Patchett books. Um, so I've already read The Dutch House and Commonwealth, Bel Canto, and now State of Wonder. So excited about um, just kind of diving into, uh, doing a deep dive into an author. Um, so last time, um, the last few episodes, I've talked about how I have fallen into these um, Stitches in Crime series, which, you know, always has the the corny, you know, cross-stitching titles. I, I, I don't love, a lot of these cozy mysteries really go heavy on the, the punny plays on words. And it, it, I find it a little cringy, to be honest with you. Um, but I just finished, so I bought them on, on Kindle. Um, like there was a books one through three is one series, books four through six. I, this morning, just finished the sixth book um, in that series. So they're little mysteries. I won't go into them because I've talked about them the last two uh episodes um but they're just a they're fun little uh mysteries about a woman who runs a um this is kind of interesting a salvaging operation where she goes in and salvages historic buildings and resells that stuff it has like virtually nothing to do with cross-stitching except for that that's how she unwinds at the end of the night so don't be afraid of that um but you can get the the series of three books um, for eight ninety nine, so three bucks a book um, uh, as a as a Kindle book. So I'll probably get the next three because um, they, for me, are the perfect book to read right before I'm falling asleep at night. Now I am waiting for my next audiobook is going is called The Thursday Murder Club, and this was highly recommended to me by a friend of mine. Um, who is not into the cozy mystery thing. So it may be in her first foray into this, but she read it for her, for her book club. And so um, 
that should pop over to me this week and I'm excited about that and and so I'll tell you more but it just sounded so cute the Thursday murder club it's about a group of women who are like in a retirement village and they meet over at the jigsaw table and they talk about unsolved murders so that's kind of their thing which reminds me a little bit of only murders in the building where you know all the people are super into these true crime podcasts but I digress so they talk about unsolved murders and then a murder happens in their town and then so you know they get to apply all that they they have learned so I'll tell you more about that next time but I thought that sounded very cute from a, a TV show standpoint my husband and I finished Better Call Saul which was uh, ended really well it was a, it was a great great series um, and then we moved on to Stranger Things and uh, I don't know I have such mixed feelings about Stranger Things I'm really only there to relive my high school and college days from an aesthetic standpoint and I'm just like oh yeah I had a shirt like that oh I had earrings oh I definitely did my hair like that (laughs) so um so that's fun but you know it's it's honestly it's straight up horror so I'm not sure why I'm right I keep pushing through because I feel like oh it's a cultural phenomenon I need to finish this um we may bail out on it I'm not I remember being so relieved when the last season was over so I mean it's 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 cute but um it's just it's kind of not my thing so take what you will from that um and those uh cute little cross-stitching novels I was telling you about she's always talking about what show she's watching as she's cross-stitching and it's their current books so they're like shows that are out and so um she talked about her new favorite show was called Manifest I'm like is that a real show it is and um, so before I describe this to you, I have to tell you that um, we watched one episode with my husband. He's like, this is a you thing. This isn't a me thing. And then when we were on FaceTime with my daughter and I described this, the premise of the show, she's like, oh my gosh, mom, that is such a you show. <laughs> so the premise of this show is that um, manifest refers to the list of passengers on an airplane so this flight is coming back from Jamaica it was there's a large family trip you know um, parents and their kids and the grandkids they've all gone to Jamaica and um, they get split up on the flight home so some of them go on one flight but the other ones stood you know just held back to get the the 400 bucks they pay you if you took a later flight and the people who who um, there were three of them uh, a, the, a brother and sister grown you know like in their 40s or 30s 40s and then a, and one of their children all stayed back and went on the later flight and during that flight it hits a bunch of turbulence which you know like you know suitcases are flying like significant turbulence and then it settles down and then when they land they find out that it is five and a half years later like so something has happened they have not aged one bit but everyone has moved on with their lives uh, for five years. And um, so they, and so the reason my family says this is a thing for me is I loved Lost. Um, there was a show called Under the Dome that I liked, the 4400, which is like 4400 people, you know, were abducted by aliens and then came back and they're trying to figure it out. So it is a total me show. So it's, um, and so th- these people, now that they're back, the people that were on the airplane, they're all finding that they have these like weird, um, they, they have like visions and they hear things which kind of leads them to like these problems they need to solve and people they need to save and they're all trying to figure it out anyways I'm enjoying it I kind of zipped through the first season really fast as just I'm just like let it run as I'm stitching every evening as I sit down about 8 30 every night and stitch till about 10 so that's going fast I'm into the second season um, and it's still good, but I'm just going to, I think I'm going to set that one aside because um, years ago, my daughter recommended the show Dairy Girls, which she said, that this, that's a youth, that's such a mom show. You would love that. And I know that the last um, season just dropped and I'm like, why have I never watched that show? So I'll tell you more about it when I know more about it, but I believe it takes place in Ireland. Um, and so I think I'm going to take a break from Manifest and go watch Dairy Girls because I know my daughter's watching it. It'll be fun to um, kind of, if I get caught up, to talk about how, how the whole show ended. Um, what else? So that's kind of all we've been watching. There is a new season. If you're on Acorn, there's a new season of My Life is Murder, which is this fun murder show that involves um, Lucy Loveless. Is that right? You know, who was Xena Warrior Princess? Takes place in New Zealand. It's it's uh, delightful. I've talked about it before. So there's a new season just dropped for that. So that has been really fun. And that's about it for, for TV show stuff. 
All right, let's uh, wrap this episode up with a little bit of talk about planning. So we're here in the, um, the fourth quarter of the year. Um, from a business standpoint, this is a very significant quarter. Um, I missed it, but I, I kind of like to figure out when 90 days from the end of the year is because it's kind of fun to go, okay, what can I do with my the last 90 days of the year, which is maybe not going to be your most productive time because of um, the holidays. You know, that's very disruptive and we should not be being super productive. We should be enjoying our family and enjoying the holidays. But this is the point. We're mid-October. I want to think about what are the things that I can do now so that I am not stressed out when the holidays come? Now, personally, the two things that I always like to get done early and I don't always succeed are I make a calendar, a Shutterfly calendar for my dad where I have to, I get um, pictures from all my siblings, family pictures. And, um, you know, for years I, I would have family pages. There's four of us kids. So every, you know, every family would have a page and as kids get older it, it doesn't always uh, work out that you've got the same the right number of pictures so now every page is just a whole hodgepodge a mix and it turns out I like that so much more instead of you know waiting for four months to see a picture of my kids <laughs> so anyways um, it's a thing that on some level I, I dread doing but once I sit down and do it I always have a lot of fun and I always think why don't you just get this done earlier so shutterfly calendar and then Christmas cards now last year I decided I'm not not doing Christmas cards anymore. Well, this year we have pictures from Italy. So I'm thinking maybe I can pull, you know, one of those pictures from Italy and do a round of Christmas cards. And that's kind of how I kind of want to do Christmas cards, just kind of do them when I feel like it, not when it uh, feels like an obligation. So those are the two things that I want to get, get working on. The other thing is that this is um, a great time to start thinking about what you're going to be cooking and um, like baking for the holiday. So we just did a Costco run and I haven't gotten into this on the podcast so much, but I will, as I continue, we will. And that is like, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not a full prepper, but I'm definitely keeping a deeper extended pantry, even though there's only two of us now, because now I've realized that sometimes things happen, whether it's a pandemic or a wildfire or power goes out or, or a, you know, Hurricane Ian or whatever, um, where you might not be able to get to the store. And I want to make sure that I've got a very deep pantry. I also don't love grocery shopping, so I would like to do it more intensely, less often. So at this point, um, like we just did a Costco run the other day, and um, I got eight pounds of butter. <laughs> they come in little four four packages at a time. I got two, which is a lot for us. But I also know that we run through a lot of butter at Thanksgiving. We run through a lot of butter at Christmas. They, it doesn't go bad. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't even need to freeze. I don't have so much that I need to freeze. Um, but like, that's one thing I, I don't need to worry about. Like at this point I could go by the, you know, they probably have the stuffing out. So you can start thinking about things like that. It's also this time of year. Um, I like to stock up on making sure I've got the baking supplies. Do I have, you know, two bags of flour and maybe, you know, two bags of sugar just to have that so you're not running out um this is the time year where i the only time of the year that i use shortening and so i need to make sure i have that and this is also the time of year that i throw out my baking powder and buy a new one because one time in my life i had the experience that something didn't rise because the baking powder was old and i don't use it i i can't use it up i don't use it enough but it's you know a dollar 25 or something so i always make sure this time of year, I grab, you know, a new one of those. So um, I'm not the type that's going to like go make sugar cookie dough and freeze it. I'm not thinking that far ahead. I'm just thinking about what can I do now that will make things later uh, easier later. The other thing that um, I don't do that I wish I could get into is, is getting all the Christmas shopping knocked out early. But I think... Um, my family always has a little bit of a hard time thinking ahead. It's like, you know, you get into the role of thinking about what do I want? And so is, and so if um, they come up with some things early, by the time we really get close to Christmas, th- then they've really figured out what they wanted and what I bought isn't right. So I kind of like to wait. Plus, I do like to shop when I'm in the season a little bit because that does feel festive. But getting a few things out of the way would not be, would not be bad. Um, the fly lady had this thing um she has this you know preparing for christmas whatever uh challenge or whatever from many many years ago and she had this idea of pretend that you were going on a cruise on december 1st 
and you get back on Christmas Eve. So you have to have everything done ahead of time. I always thought that was kind of an interesting idea, but uh, I'm not really, I'm not really there yet. Also, if you do like, you know, Christmas crafting, um, I know every, I'm not this person. I do not usually make things as gifts because I, I get stressed out and then the joy goes out of it. But if you are, this is the time to really maybe start figuring that out and getting and start getting going so that you're not, you know, still making a quilt on December 23rd. So I just want to kind of um, throw that out there to you. So to let's, let's all start uh, thinking ahead in a way that we can have a more relaxed Christmas or holiday season in general, however you celebrate that. I got some wonderful reviews and I want to thank you so much for those. So Blue Bisco and A Perry 61, thank you so much for your um, wonderful reviews. I really appreciate it. And if you feel so inclined, pop over there to wherever you listen, but I think mostly Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. It really helps other people find it. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram as Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. You guys have a wonderful week.